0: Hi, I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life. Because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today, we get two amazing guests for the price of one Kara Alamano, the SVP of People, Places, and Learning, and Shelley Osborne, the VP of Learning, both from Udemy. The leading global marketplace for teaching and learning and connecting millions of students around the world to the skills they need to succeed. To give you a sense of Udemy's size and scope, they have 35 million people on the platform learning, 75 million instructors, and over 130,000 courses in over 65 languages. Kara Alamano has deep experience scaling HR operations, recruiting and learning and development at fast-moving global companies. Before she was at Udemy, she was the head of People at Planet and also served in HR leadership roles at Pinterest, Young and Rubicam, and Knight Rider, among others. She is also the co-founder of People Tech Partners, which is a group of HR leaders working to bring new HR and recruiting technologies to market. Shelley has over 15 years of experience across the education, consulting, and corporate sectors. At Udemy, she leads the company's learning strategy in continuous upskilling of employees globally. She is also the author of the recently released book called The Upskilling Imperative, Five Ways to Make Learning Core to the Way We Work, and I would highly, highly recommend it. Welcome both of you to the show. I'm really excited to dive in. Hello, Kara and Shelly. I am so happy to have you both here with me today for this podcast to talk about you and to talk about Udemy and and to talk about rituals. And I'd love to just have you introduce yourselves to, to our listeners. Kara, let's start with you. I'd love for you to share your role at Udemy and focus in on how your relationships in your life have helped you achieve the success that you've had.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Erica, and really happy to share the stage with Shelly. We're pretty proud of Udemy and what we've built, as well as our mission as a company, which is to improve lives through learning. My role at Udemy is the Senior Vice President of People, Places, and Learning. We call that the People Team, and that's a function that touches every area of the employee experience from learning and development, the traditional HR functions, recruiting, and as well as our workplace or our facilities. And in terms of how folks in my life have helped me get here, I think 100% my friends and family and primarily right now it's my husband in this crazy work from home environment that we're helping to navigate but i've also had some wonderful mentors over the years that have really taught me about the intersection between business and people and how they don't have to be mutually exclusive that actually there's true power and helping people achieve success individually. And that ultimately feeds into the success as a business in the broader context. And mm-hmm. really focusing on learning as the lever that helps us get there. And we talk at Udemy that feedback is fuel. And I think about some of the conversations I've had where I've had really solid feedback, both in what I am doing well, and as well as areas that I can improve and how those human conversations and those relationships have been really important in, in my growth. And then hopefully being able to pass that on to people on Mm -hmm. my team and people in my organization, it's been a bit of a wild ride and it's still a really fun job and at a really fun company.
0: That's great. I hear a lot of um, interesting titles in my 25 (laughs) plus years in the human capital space. And I think you're my first head of people and places and learning. So that'll be one for the books. And now I'd love to hear from Shelly, which I want to share with my listeners that before we (laughs) started recording the podcast, Shelly shared with us that, and she's Canadian, that one of her first jobs was a Zamboni driver. (laughs) And so I actually think that's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. So Shelly, take it away.
2: Thank you, Erica, for the introduction and for having us here. I'm so thrilled to just be chatting And talking about all of these really important issues and learning and rituals and relationships, I think this is so important, especially right now. I am the VP of Learning at Udemy, and I have to tell you, it's a pretty cool job to be the head of learning at a learning company. That's pretty special, and it's been truly the privilege of my career to get to do this, to get to take learning and be really experimental with it and share it with Um, our customers, and just people in the industry. So it's it's really, really um, an amazing job. I focus on developing a culture of learning within Udemy, supporting uh, the growth and development of our learners globally, but also I lead a team that focuses on supporting product innovation through learning as well, and it's really exciting stuff. To your second piece about the relationships, well, I'm very excited to be on the call with Kara because My relationship with Kara is, I think, pretty special. You mentioned she leads this people, places, and learning team, and it's through that relationship and partnership that we see this organization as really responding through learning, and that relationship and partnership is so critical and just so important to our success as a learning org. So I wanted to point that out. For my own career, my own development, relationship has been the key success factor, Every step and every role I've taken, every transition I've made has been really brought on by a relationship, by a mentor, by somebody making a connection for me. It, to me, is the silver
0: bullet. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And w- one of the reasons I was excited to have you both on together is to look at that interrelationship between someone who's the head of people and learning because those relationships, you know, and how you work together does make such a huge difference for your teams, but also for the business. And we're going to talk about it later. But Shelly also just came out with a book called The Upskilling Imperative, which I don't think could be more timely right now. And we'll, we'll get into that. So, you know, many companies are struggling right now in this pandemic and there's so much uncertainty. You all are in a different position in that Udemy has actually been growing and thriving during this time. I I saw on one of the blog posts that your growth mindset course, which teaches users willingness and resilience to deal with change, grew in April by 231%, which makes sense, right? We all need to figure out how to deal with change. So You know, Kara, I'd love to hear from you. I mean, can you give us an update, you know, what's going on with the company itself at this time and how is that impacting the people strategy?
1: Yeah, we are in a really lucky spot as a company, recognizing that I talked to a number of my colleagues and they're definitely facing tougher times as business leaders. We feel, again, very lucky that our company has been able to not just see some success during this challenging point in time, but also feel like we can really help people who are facing their own challenges personally and professionally. And as you said, things like a growth mindset course on one hand, a growth mindset course with 200% growth on one hand is great news for our business. What we also understand is it's great news for the people who are able to take that course and learn from it. And our hope is that it can provide a level of resilience. It can provide support as people are trying to develop a level of resilience during this time. And that's something that we've definitely taken inwardly as an organization and in partnership with Shelly, We've really worked to build programming that helps us learn through these tough times. Yes, our business, we've seen double, we've doubled our growth during this period. We have significant traction in terms of new folks coming to the Udemy site, learning and growing. We've also seen that internally with our employees, and a couple of examples are that we have developed and delivered courses around how to do remote-first work and how to be successful at that and how to support each other in this remote-first environment. How do we optimize and balance the personal and professional lives at home now that at home is full-time? So, so our learning team developed what we called the work-from-home canvas model. And we also During the time of social unrest in America this summer, we we had a lot of concern from our employee base saying, What can I do to help during the times, um, during these challenges in my communities? And so we launched an allyship course that everyone at Udemy has taken. So our approach has really been to help our employees thrive through this time. And as our business accelerates, we're seeing a nice connection between helping our employees do their
0: best work, and
1: then we're able to do our best work as a business in the larger
0: environment that we're in. So let me ask just so I can clarify. So when your learning team is creating these courses, when your employees are taking them, are those courses also available to customers as well? Yeah, for sure. Our allyship course is actually something
1: that was a partnership between our learning team and an external instructor. So, this is the magic of Udemy. We have the whole world as our partners in learning, and our learning team was able to work and develop that course and make it available internally to us and available to the rest of the world. And I'm sure Shelly can tell you more about that process, but. The outcome and the fact that everybody within the company was really excited to participate and learn. And then we also had groups internally that talked about our learning and, and were asking ourselves,
0: um, how can we do better as a company and how can we support each other? Yeah, Shelley, I would love to hear about, you know, I often talk to companies about, you know, if we focus on our employees as being internal customers we're gonna then do a better job for our external customers. So this is such an interesting example of that in such a real and authentic way. So would love Shelly some some more information about how all of this worked and came about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I really focus on with my team is this idea of it's typically called dog fooding in software, and it's this idea that you use your own product. And I don't like calling ours dog fooding. I like to call ours <laughs> chocolate because we make really, really good
0: stuff. Right, we don't need to eat our so, own dog food. And we love I chocolate. We really do love Shelley. chocolate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the core tenets of my learning team is that we're using Udemy all the time for our learning programs and initiatives. And as Kara mentioned, my team had partnered with an instructor to help support that individual in creating this really powerful allyship course. It's really very well done. And just really following along that principle of when we are sort of faced with a challenge or an opportunity or some sort of learning initiative we want to take on, uh, the first question we ask is, how can Udemy help us get there? And it's really, really incredible to have access to this kind of content and to be able to experiment and use it ourselves as a company and then share with others how we did it. Other companies telling them, hey, when we launched this course and we built this whole allyship learning path and had conversations internally with employees. And the thing I'd mentioned too, is Kara mentioned a couple of instances where the learning team came in, whether it was right at the beginning of remote work or whether it was this allyship path or whether it was the work from home canvas, And it's pretty amazing. I think I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I'm Kara's first call in all these situations.
1: 100%. That's why you get the Saturday and Sunday calls from me. I wait until Monday for everyone else.
2: (laughs) It's so true. The day before we work from home, and this is before everything kind of went into full quarantine and shelter-in-place mode in America... Kara calls me on a Sunday and is telling me, okay, we're going to work from home starting tomorrow. And we immediately start strategizing about the learning that we're gonna use to support the company through that. And I mentioned earlier that relationship that Kara and I have, this is the partnership, this is the connection point. When we're faced with a challenge, I know she's looking to me and we're suddenly in this partnership mode of how are we gonna learn through this? It's really pretty amazing. And it's a different approach than most HR leaders take where they see learning as either underneath an HR function or somewhere off to the side and
0: somebody to loop in later. Right. Well, I think it's so smart. When you look at the data of what you know people want, especially new generations in the workplace, they put learning and development pretty high up on their list and will leave companies if they're not getting it. So if you're thinking about this from a bottom line business perspective, you want to make sure that how and when and where people learn is high up on that list. So I think it's smart and people can learn from this model. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Gone are the days of, you know, IBM or General Motors when there were a million rungs in the ladder for constant promotions. So I often, and I talked about it in my book, Bring Your Human to Work, we have to help people grow on the job up, down, and sideways. And we have to get creative. So on that topic, so as we said, you guys are learning on steroids. So we have a learning organization. We're talking about the learning function in a learning company, and not everybody is focused on it from a business perspective, obviously. But one of the things that I have been thinking about a lot is not only the importance of learning for individuals, but how can we create that learning mindset within our organizations. So it's just part of our culture and what we do. And as you all know, I have a book coming out about rituals and I've been thinking, you know, I actually become obsessed with rituals and how we are leaning on them even more during this pandemic. And so Shelly, one of the rituals, one of my favorite rituals that I found out about and learned about during my time at Udemy was a ritual called deal. And I would love for you to share with the audience what that is, how it works, and the impact on your employees. Yeah, most definitely.
1: You know, I've been doing this for more than 20 years and it's really accelerated more recently as 10 years that companies have gotten shorter and there's more of a shift toward an individual really owning and managing their career. They see learning as the currency, right? They see so much change in the world that the only way to continue to really be successful is to be able to continuously upskill, continuously grow in their role. And how do you do that? It's through learning. So I've seen the social contact shift from, hey, I'm coming to do the job for you to, hey, I'm coming to do a job. What can you do for me? Um, and, and I think a lot of times we assume that that's just a compensation question or a title question. I believe the underlying desire is really, how do I grow? And it's been really nice to be able to point to the, this type of programming that Shelley and our platform at Udemy has been able to bring to the table when we're talking to candidates, when we're talking to people internally, because it delivers, it over delivers on that desire to learn and grow in your role.
2: Gosh, I love talking about DEAL. It's one of my favorite things that we do at Udemy, and it was one of the first initiatives that my learning team really rolled out. So DEAL stands for Drop Everything and Learn. And we really encourage everybody, every single person, all the way from your brand new employee, all the way up to the CEO, to take advantage of this opportunity. It's one hour a month. And what we're really trying to do is give people permission we want to give people the automatic ability to stop and learn and recognize that it's part of their workday to set aside time for learning and deal is so critical in doing that we actually have a calendar invite across the company it's on everybody's calendar and for most of our offices, it's at 3 p.m. on Wednesday <laughs> because we've learned from our platform that's a really popular time to learn. Uh, a couple other offices, especially our global offices, do it a different time just to make sure that they don't interact with our U.S.-based office, you know, negatively, that they're not all trying to compete with meetings. But everybody is allowed to take whatever they want. And what's really critical about that is, I mean, whatever. So if you actually want to take guitar lessons that day, cool, I'm okay with that. If you're going to take something about learning SQL or something about digital marketing really connected to your role, great. It's more about creating this impression and this presence that learning is constant, learning is allowed, and learning is the job.
0: Right. And that it's valued in the organization and that you're not just talking the talk, you're walking the walk. And I love what you said that it's at three o'clock. It's not (laughs) at seven o'clock at night or, you know, things that are quote unquote after hours, because on the other, you know, you could give people access to the platform, which is great, but to show that it's really important, it's part of the workday. And I think that that is unique and really important. So did it continue during COVID? And can you share some of the courses, interesting courses that some of the people took during that time?
2: Oh gosh, yeah. It's definitely continued during COVID. It's been a really important part of us all staying connected as a company. And it's pretty spectacular. When I go in and look at our usage statistics within the the product, I see really, really big lifts every deal hour. And it's so heartwarming to see the company stopping and taking that time. One of the biggest ones to start was the work from home course that, that I created in, in a sun, on a Sunday afternoon, that, that same day that Kara called me and said, hey, we're going work from home t- tomorrow. I was like, great, I'm going to make a course this afternoon. And, and I did and put it up on the platform. And it's really focused on just supporting our Udemy. That's what we call Udemy employees, Udemy through the moment. And that was probably one of the biggest deal courses watched. At the beginning of the pandemic, for sure, our allyship learning path, when we ask the organization to take time to learn about such an important concept, that's when they use it. But I also see people taking meditation classes. When I look at our usage, I also see people using it as a time to really decompress and take a sort of self care moment, which I think at Udemy we've been really trying to encourage people to take care of themselves and be really
0: kind to themselves. Yeah, that's great. As you mentioned earlier, you can take a course like that. You can take sequel, You can take guitar lessons. I remember when I came and visited Udemy, Kara was telling me that somebody took a class in November around how to make a Thanksgiving turkey. And so <laughs> yeah. I think- It can really it be is, anything. Right. And
2: the other thing I'd say about Deal is I also don't want it to feel like pressure. If you can't take that hour to deal, that's also okay. But what I'm trying to signal to everybody in the organization is that learning is part of your work. So that if you can't do it that deal day, great, do it tomorrow at three o'clock. That's fine too. It is really connected to this idea of a signal to the organization about what we think, what we care about and what we believe and how we feel about learning.
1: And what's really interesting and cool is it becomes a collective activity, right? It becomes social in the sense that you when we were doing it in the office we had little signs that people would put up and say hey i'm dealing now this is why i'm you know putting my headphones on and watching my screen and then when we're at home you see slack fire up with, hey, what are you learning today? What's a good one? Hey, I just finished this course. I need a new one. What's your favorite? And then you see things pop up like bread baking and guitar playing and active listening, you know, the full range. So I think the energy and excitement of the collective activity is also really something special that can happen for an organization or or definitely happens for us. at uni.
0: Well, a couple of things that just came to my mind as you both were talking, you know, people often ask me, What is a ritual? How do you define a ritual? How is it different from a rule or a protocol? And you can't force people. Then it becomes a rule. You have to do this every week. You know, rituals are something that if all of a sudden they went away, people would wonder what on earth is going on at Udemy if this month we didn't have deal. And so it's sort of how you know there's this top down, but also bottoms up excitement that builds around it. But there's no pressure, no one's forcing you or the magic of it kind of leaves. So that's how when I have been interviewing leaders and companies about rituals, it, there's a real signal that this is, in fact, a ritual. And when I came out and, and met Kara with you at Udemy, I will admit I was a bit of a kid in a candy store. I mean, there were just so many cool rituals to choose from. And one of the ones that really struck me was... And this will be an interesting conversation because we're all working from home now. But for our listeners, lunch was a big ritual at Udemy. And I got invited to go when everybody lines up and has lunch together. So, Carol, I'd love for you to share the story that you shared with me when you were new to Udemy and had no idea that this was a... Formal, but informal, yet sort of formal ritual where people had lunch and how you came to be aware of it. And then talk about lunch roulette and how that's evolved over COVID (laughs) because eating is such an important time when people come together as humans. I loved hearing these stories from you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I learned pretty quickly that having lunch together is a really important thing for this team. And it's one of the things I love about working at Udemy. I think to understand this, I do want to back up and say that Udemy was founded in in much of our early culture were was infused with education, right? We had a lot of people that had come from educational nonprofits and schools. And these are people that were used to those kind of environments. So as we all know, all of us who have gone to school, we know that that everybody eats together in the cafeteria. So in our offices, globally, we have really nice lunch areas and bring in food and different than many of the other high growth tech companies I've been in. People actually go to the cafeteria and eat together at the same time every day. And when I first started, I wasn't used to this. So I was scheduling meetings at 12 to 12.30, 12.30 to one o'clock. And then about a week in, I, all these meetings were like, Hey, could I move to a different day? I have a conflict, (laughs) things like that. And then I had a colleague pull me aside and say, Hey, you know, lunch is really a time that's pretty important to us here at Udemy. And definitely we talk about work, you know, it's business related, which I found funny and not necessary in that moment, but you know, it's really important for us that we all get to eat together. And so I immediately stopped scheduling those meetings and, and got encouraged everyone, including myself to go down and eat together And really saw how important that ritual was, Erica, like you said. We have a time when everybody gets to take a break in the middle of the day and actually just gets to be friends and engage as such. And the other piece is when we went work from home, a lot of people were missing each other. But what we really doubled down on were some of the the pieces that kept Udemy special. And one of those is what we call lunch roulette. So a lot of times when you go down and into the cafeteria, even as grown-ups, you have your lunch crew, right? And people are saving your seats. What we do periodically is what we call lunch roulette, where we have random assignments for who you eat lunch with. And we also would suggest an offer that people could go out to lunch together if they wanted a change of scenery. So we would cover that cost as an employer and we would help organize those groups just to make sure that people are able to mix and get to know different folks on different teams. And that's something that we flowed over into our remote first work environment. And so we have a time, we have a lunch every month, and sometimes more as requested, where we give folks money to go buy themselves lunch and sit together, albeit via Zoom, and have lunch together. And it was something that people really appreciate, and we continue to get great feedback. And these are the things that we realize make
0: us special and make us help preserve some of those connections. Well, and we know that rituals give us an opportunity to connect to purpose. And why I love this story was that when you were all in the same office, this lunch is a very important part of your culture and who you are. And to be able to maintain that during COVID gives people that continuing sense of psychological safety and belonging and connection. And on the one hand, we're all sitting here on Zoom all the time anyway, but from my conversations with you, these lunches are different. You know, it's funny, this podcast is called Left to Our Own Devices, which is because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. And so when you have a lunch like this or a Zoom like this, it my sense is there's a different level of intentionality that people are bringing and they're present. And the goal is around deepening connections with other people in a company that they love. Yes, most definitely. I think a lot of people can learn. And I often say, too, a lot of these things, they're not rocket science, and they don't have to cost a lot of money, but the impact that it's having, and we all remember at the time supporting local restaurants, you could also feel really good about that. So I love that. One other ritual that I wanted to see if was still going on was that you had shared with me, and a lot of companies are trying during COVID to maintain old rituals, but also create new rituals. And in our last conversation, you shared how your CEO, Greg, was um, doing, I think they were called kitchen talks, where people could come and ask him anything, and again, keeping this idea around the value of eating together. He was doing them from the kitchen with his dog. And so I would love to hear a little bit more about that. And is he still doing them? Yeah, I'm happy to talk more about that. Part of that was born out of the fact that
1: Greg loves to walk around and talk to people and have those informal connections and what I think we're learning on the people side of business, that the things that used to just happen informally and serendipitously, we have to program now. And it is about intentionality and a little bit of discipline to help continue to drive these things that are so important to people and, and really critical to our connection with each other. And. One thing that we thought of for Greg that he was 100% behind was, hey, you might be sitting at your kitchen table now, but people still would love to talk to you like they used to. And he was like, I'm totally down for that. So he would bring his dog, Daisy. He'd bring a cup of coffee. He'd be sitting at the table. And that set the tone for a different kind of interaction with the rest of the team and we have a great internal communications team we have wonderful all hands we have great formal communication but this space for people to ask questions that are more personal to him like how is he feeling about this work from home remote first environment how is he feeling about covid how is he feeling about these changes in the economy really allowed him to be a different kind of leader for the team and fill in some of those gaps that people were feeling around that connection that they used to have to their leader. So really exciting. It's something we'll continue to do periodically. And again, it's just another way for people to connect to who we are as a company and to connect to him as a leader, which I think is really important.
0: Yeah, and I do think during these turbulent times, employees are really appreciating Seeing and hearing and feeling the human side of leaders and knowing that they're struggling too. I've been hearing that a lot. And the more all of us, I mean, I'm sure you know, you, Kara's ahead of people and Shelly is ahead of learning. And the more that your employees can hear from you and see you being real and human during these times makes, makes a huge impact on, on them. And it motivates them to share how they're really doing as well.
2: Oh my gosh, absolutely. I think that's probably my biggest takeaway from the pandemic. You know, there was moments where I thought being positive would help and being encouraging. And I had a team member ask me directly, how could I be so positive with everything that's going on? And I had this awakening moment where I realized, oh, I need to let them know I'm struggling too, and took that time to be more real and authentic than... I'd ever been before about how I felt about the pandemic, the challenges, everything that we were facing. And I just saw the dynamic within my team change. So I just absolutely agree with that. I'd add one thing about Greg that I think is really, really cute. He said, he said recently, he shows up to Zoom meetings early, because that's his social life now, because he wants to just chat with people. So he's like, if he's got Extra time. He's trying to show up early, hoping other people do, too, so he can chit chat.
0: (laughs) All right. I think that's what we did in person was that we get there. This whole thing about like we're missing the water cooler, but how can we maintain, retain some of those water cooler moments And you have to be intentional or it won't happen. So I love that. And hopefully people know, wow, the CEO is getting on a few minutes early. I'm going to, I think if it was me, I'd be getting on a few minutes early too. So I love that. Yeah, he
2: beats me to every meeting I'm in with him. I'm like, Greg, you're here already. That's (laughs) not a lot, Shelley.
0: You're very punctual. I am very punctual. (laughs) Oh, Greg, Greg and Daisy the dog. All right. So I want to turn to a final question before I get into some rapid fire questions at the end which is a really important question to me and something that I think about a lot. And Shelley, I'll start with you. What do you do as a person that makes you feel most like you? Oh, gosh,
2: that is a really good question. I think for me, this job has been such an awakening and an understanding of myself and where I find passion and, and where I'm most lit up, where I'm most excited. And in this role, I've realized that I like to solve hard problems well and I like to do new things and figure out new challenges all the time. So when I'm sort of approaching my role that way, it's been really helpful to understand what motivates me and what drives me. And and when I feel like I'm at my best are those moments where I'm sort of charging straight ahead into those really difficult pieces I know that probably seems like a, a strange answer, but it's where I feel most grounded when I'm tackling a problem.
0: No, mm-hmm. yeah, well, to me, it it makes sense as you're the head of learning. And so that- <laughs> Yeah, well, that
2: is, I like to learn. Yeah. So I really like to learn about new things and new challenges mm-hmm. and figure out ways to do those hard things well. That's, yeah, it's deeply motivating to me. And I think that's why Udemy has been a dream for me for a job. Like it's really difficult to imagine anything better given what I get to do every day.
0: (laughs) Right. Learning on steroids. (laughs) Right. That's great. Kara, what about you? Yeah, I think
1: definitely the learning component is something that's super interesting and exciting about my job as well. I think in addition to that, it's really seeing people grow and thrive and be successful. And I'll tell you, when we started with this remote first work from home and there was a lot of transition a lot of challenges and it was really hard to see people work through this, but it's felt really rewarding to know that with the focus on growth, with a focus on doing everything we can to help people succeed, that we are seeing some people thrive. We're seeing our business thrive. And in some ways thriving in these kind of environments may not look the same way it did a year ago you know, it might not be that, wow, we just exceeded all of our goals and hit those milestones we never thought we'd get to, right? When things were hyper accelerated. I think thriving now is really about how do I accomplish in my day what I can feel good about? How do I make sure my family is safe and healthy? And how do I make sure that I still have a view toward the future and what life will continue to look like once some of these elements resolve. So, learning for sure, and then continuing to help people grow
0: and build careers and lives that they're proud of. I agree. You know, sometimes growing and learning for a day is just making it through the day. And so, reframing what that looks like. I mean, it seems like both of you have found your sweet spots in the roles that you have found yourself in functionally, but also culturally at Udemy. So I'm happy to be able to share these stories with the audience. All right. So a couple fun, fun questions just to wrap this up. So Kara, what's the last show you binged on Netflix? (laughs)
1: Oh, that's a great question. That show was about a zoo. So (laughs) I'm very interested in in secrets of the zoo. And this, I think, is communicating that I have both a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. So
0: that's the explanation there. All right. Shelly, a book recommendation. So give us a pitch on your book and what it's about, and then tell me something else you're reading.
2: Oh gosh. So, The Upskilling Imperative is my book. I'm really excited about it. It's really intended to be a roadmap for leaders to create cultures of learning within their organizations. I truly believe that learning is the future of work. Uh, And a book recommendation that I have for everyone else I just recently read Failing Up by Leslie Odom Jr. He's actually presenting at a conference we're putting on at Udemy. And he happened to originate the role of Aaron Burr at Hamilton. And I had the opportunity to interview him and read his book. And it was just filled with nuggets about learning and his
0: perspective on life. It's a great read and I highly recommend it. Oh, I'm definitely going to get that book. What about for both of you? Do you find you're more creative and do better work in the morning or at night? Oh, night. 100% morning. Oh, that's so interesting, (laughs) Kara. I'm night for sure. 100% morning. (laughs) Wow. Well, maybe... I don't know. All right. I feel like with a six and an eight year old, you kind of have to be up in the morning. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Night is for sleep if I can get it.
0: (laughs) All right. And I can't not ask you guys both this question. What is the coolest or craziest class you've taken on Udemy?
2: Oh, the coolest one or craziest? That's a tough pick. There's- well, your guitar class, Shelly. Yeah. That's pretty darn cool. I really, really enjoy the guitar class I've been taking. I, so I decided in the the pandemic to pick up guitar. Erica, I decided I was going to learn guitar. So I've been taking a guitar class on Udemy. So that's probably, that's one of my favorites for sure. But there's so many amazing instructors just teaching so many incredible things. It's like really difficult to pick. All right.
0: So, yeah,
1: I think two, I have two for different reasons. One is conscious listening, just because it's an excellent, excellent course and it's really helped me professionally. And then the other is when I first started at Udemy, my husband and I started binge watching real estate investing courses on Udemy. And it, it was fun for two reasons. One, it's something my husband and I could do together and it, it felt way more productive than some, you know, binge watching some other shows. Um, but it, it, it's also, been exciting from a business perspective because we learned a lot and have been able to make some investments. So very
0: different, but still both interesting and cool. I do think that as I've spoken to my friends, that there was this mindset during COVID. Maybe because so much of what was going on was out of our control, and that is one thing about you know rituals and learning new things is that it brings some order out of the chaos <laughs> we were feeling. A lot of my friends like said, "This is the time I'm going to learn." X, Y, or Z. Maybe it was because we weren't commuting anymore and we felt like we had extra time. I was just um, with uh, my friend Randy Zuckerberg, who said that she's taking up golf. She's been posting a lot about trying to learn golf. You know, after meeting you guys, I mean, this isn't as fun as golf, but <laughs> yes. my kids were home and they had a lot of extra time and they'll probably end up in therapy for me making them do some of this, you know, but my daughter is applying to college and she's really interested in digital marketing. And I reached out and said, you know, which classes should we sign up for? And they were amazing. And my son's doing an Excel class. And I just think there's so many opportunities for upskilling and learning and bringing some Um, of these new routines in our lives. So Thank you both so much for what you do personally and professionally and sharing all of your amazing ideas and business practices with the audience today. I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's just a delight to chat. And I think this concept of rituals is so cool. So we appreciate the time and, and the opportunity to share.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Left to Our Own Devices. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you want to receive my monthly newsletter, text the word HUMAN to 66866. Or you can connect with me by email at, at spaghettiproject.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you next time.